You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Well, welcome folks. This is the Mom Halo Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Capitz, and I feel like I'm walking amongst uh, uh, the giants today. I have Julie Cole, uh, who's with us in our Zoom studio. Yay, Julie. Hey. Okay. Take us through who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Please, Julie, go ahead. Right. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I'm Julie Cole. I'm the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. I'm a parenting blogger and a mom of six. And uh, we started Mabel's Labels. Gosh, uh, we just actually had our 19th birthday and I cannot believe it. God. I know. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a quite a ride, really. And we started we started the business for a couple of reasons. I started with three other women. One was my sister, and two were friends of ours from university. And um, we started the business for a couple of reasons. One uh, was that there was a product missing from the market. So you know, I always say when people are like, "Well, how did you come up with the idea?" or "What can I do?" I always say, "Just go through your day, find something that annoys you, and fill the gap." So, or make it prettier, or do something. So that's what we did. We thought there'd be a great product out there, and there wasn't. So, good mom entrepreneurs, we are. We created it, and then my second why really was that at that point, my eldest child had just turned three and he already had a couple of younger siblings. So it was busy. Um, but he was diagnosed with autism and I knew that the traditional workforce probably wasn't going to see my family any longer. I'm, uh, we joke, I'm a recovered lawyer. Um, so then at that point when Matt got his autism diagnosis and I knew that I wanted to be able to advocate for him, I needed to be able to set up a great therapy program and do all those things. Um, so then I went to the gals and I'm like, Hey, our idea, maybe it's time to bring it to life. And they're like, yes, it is. Let's do this thing. And that was 19 years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah. Shivers, Julie, like from my toes to my head, I just got shivers. <laughs> so, so here you are mm. a mom, you're, you're into motherhood, pretty hard into the journey. You're right. To hit this, this piece. And for those of you who don't know, Mailbills labels is probably the um the original label company for kiddo stuff um and it's such a simple concept but making really cute you know sort of stick on iron on labels yeah well alana that's it like what happened was you know we had little kids and we were losing things or getting things mixed up at daycare or play group or with even with our sisters with their kids the cousins and and so we were using masking tape and permanent marker and we're like no that's no good so it was really cool kind of creating our first product was just our plain old sticky label and that was dishwasher microwave safe so that was to go, you know, on the bottles and the sippy cups and the wipes containers and the Tupperware and the blah, 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 that sort of stuff. Um, and that was our first label that we launched. And now, of course, through product development and everything else, we've got a whole range of, you know, shoe labels, allergy labels, 
peel and stick clothing labels. We've got a clothing stamp. So we just, uh, bag tags. Yeah, we got it all. I mean, obviously check it out on the website, mableslabels.com. But, you know, we started with that simple idea of just a sticky label that is extremely durable, highly personalized and super cute. And, you know, we kind of had the advantage of being our own market. Like we kind of knew what moms wanted because we knew what we wanted and we wanted a good price point. We wanted something practical and we wanted to help moms. And you have, you're so philanthropic, like your business model from its core is philanthropy. Tell us, take us a bit back, Julie, like how, how did that come to be? What, Let's talk about where that came from and perhaps where you're going. Because I know you are generally very philanthropic with your time and your money, your energy. Tell, take us right. through that ethos a bit. Well, it's so interesting because um, women-led companies are traditionally far more philanthropic than companies run by men. And that's why having women leaders is so very important. I remember marrying uh, um, the MP marrying t- saying how uh, there are more CEOs in Canada named James, then there are women CEOs. And, you know, that's why we've got work to do. And having women CEOs, um, you just see a lot more giving back. So it started small for us at Mabel's Labels. I mean, obviously we were bootstrapped. We were making labels out of my sister's basement. And, but we always had this idea that giving was a part of our core values. So we gave in ways that we could, you know, we, we, we couldn't give money. We didn't have any money, but when we had staff, we're like, well, we can adopt a park and keep the park clean, or we can, you know, help out at, um, you know, wrapping presents at the mall for the, for McMaster kids, children's hospital. We can, so we were able to give with time. And I think, you know, there are three ways that giving is important and it's the, the time, uh, the treasures and the talent, the three T's. And, you know, treasures, of course, financial, giving financially is very, very important. Time, that was what we could do. And now I feel like a lot of the giving I do now is around talent. So, you know, what have I learned? What can I share? What of my networks can I pull in that will help with this fundraising event or with this um, organization that's meaningful to me? And, and the organizations that are meaningful to me are generally around women. Uh, around entrepreneurship, children, and those are the things that are important to the Mabel's Labels brand. So I just kind of reflect that in the work I do. I love that so much. Um, so what's making you tick right now, Julie? You're waking up every morning. You have this this business that sort of has set the tone for other businesses to sort of um, emulate or copy or sort of you you yourself are such a public speaker, a household name, a personal brand, you know, and and you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the, the perception is taking the world by storm a bit. And, you know, here you are, your kids are grown and your business is sort of thriving. What's next for you, Julie? What's ca- what's happening in your life now? Share with us. Right. Please. Well, it's so great because I, I love still being a part of Mabel's Labels, even after all these years. But what I love the most about it is our leadership team and our staff. Like our team is so incredible. And I feel like this is another thing about women leaders is, you know, it's been really important to me that, you know, not to have followers, but to like one of the things I'm most proud of right now is that um, about 12 years ago, we hired somebody to um, 
do a, a product launch for us. And she's now my boss. She's the general manager and I report to her and I couldn't be more proud. Like that really excites me seeing people in our company grow yeah. and move up the ladder. And often in small companies, it's hard to make that happen. Or um, when companies are like family owned or family founded, it's very hard for people to see that there's a next level for them. And so I feel like it's been incredible to see somebody who, you know, started off making labels and then and ended up being, you know, in, in customer service, then ended up being the customer service manager and like, like creating a pathway, particularly for, for women has been really exciting. Um, my kids still keep me hopping. Three are away at university now and three are home. Um, and of course, like everyone else, we've all just tried to manage, you know, getting stuff done, having kids at home. And, you know, I've got a couple of them with funny learning profiles, which, which always adds to a little bit of excitement when you say that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I, the other thing that's super exciting is that I have a book coming out and yeah. Yeah. So through the pandemic, it's always been kind of on my to-do list. Um, but through the pandemic, I haven't been traveling, right? So that used to take up a lot of time flying places, conferencing and that sort of thing. And a lot of that was happening online. So I was saving a lot of time. And I was like, maybe now is when I take advantage of that time and and do get this book done once and for all. And that's and that's what I've done. So it's coming out um yeah, very very soon. Yeah. And yeah. So I've got I'm busy now sort of planning PR around that and book launch party and blah blah blah. So it's uh it's pretty exciting. Okay, so tell us about the book. What's the premise? Because I know you are such a renaissance woman and you've conquered so many things in your life and you are an advocate for for many causes. So what's the premise of the book? And, and can we you know the title? Is that oh, can we, is Yeah. That- so the title is Like a Mother. And it really is um it's a book about what I do and what I say and kind of what my brand is. And that is uh, it is chock a block full of like parenting hacks, business hacks, lessons learned, life hacks, all that good stuff. Um, and I go through, you know, what we've learned at Mabel's Labels. And, and you know, I really think it will be a, a great book for people who are thinking about, you know, maybe turning that side hustle into a full-time gig or being like, okay, I'm home with kids now. I don't think I want to go back to the real world. What can I do? And how can I do it? And I really just hope that people can, can learn from it. And of course, it's done with humor and, and a bit fun and it's an easy read. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm super excited for you. And I do think you've really hit on something that to me really has shone through during the the COVID pandemic, which is um, women, I'm going to say the big P P word, which is pivoting Mm -hmm. and really evaluating who they are, what they stand for and what they want. And I think maybe the silver lining that I've seen as like a woman's issue is this new almost parody where maybe male counterparts or husbands or spouses have been around witnessing sort of the daily grind of what really like it takes to sort of keep a household running. Um, and that has maybe leveled the playing field just a smidgen. Um, and where I'm also seeing the goalposts move a bit, you know, and maybe even, maybe not moving too much, but maybe more st- stagnating is that the plight of being a woman and like sort of the divine feminine is for me, Julie is I'm seeing a lot of women who, um, still want to pick their kids up from school, you know what I mean? And do drop off and and don't want to necessarily be at their 7 a.m. stand-up meeting anymore, even if it's virtual. And right. they have decided, people are deciding to 
uh, move outside of traditional work and really lean into those entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. 100%, 100%. And women, we know, are starting businesses at three times the rate of men. And I think also, yeah, through this pandemic, there have been some learnings and it has negatively affected women financially. We know, you know, we're taught, there's a lot of talk about the she recovery and, and um, you know, how we can get women back. We need to be earning. And uh, yeah, but I think there's a lot of people now who are like, I don't want to commute for an hour to go sit in a, like, we know now that we can. And I, like, I think about, it's interesting because with Mabel's Labels, we've always been, this company was founded by four women who could be extremely effective at very strange times and in very strange places. You know, I say we, you know, we are doing business plans during play groups and changing the world and changing diapers at the same time. So for us, we've always not really been so focused on presenteeism at the office, but more like just be productive where you're best pr- productive. So when the pandemic hit and all these companies were like, what are we going to do? We don't have tech. We don't, how are people going to work from home? We were kind of like, this is our time to shine. Like we're, we're okay. Like our people already know how to be productive and have a lot of freedom about how to plan their own days. And, and, and really it's just about, you know, meeting goals. And we don't really care if you're just sitting your butt in a chair at the Mabel's Labels office for, you know, 10 hours or eight hours a day to prove something to us. That's, that that's meaningless to us. Get your, get your work done and and meet your goals and, and we're happy. So I think, um, you know, a lot of women, who have experienced working remotely for the first time have probably really been like, Hey, you know what? I can do this, especially when the kids get back to school and back to daycare. I mean, it was a gong show when, Oh, it was a gong show. Try to work from home and kids underfoot and trying to manage a grade one kid and a grade three kid and a toddler and whatever. Like it was, I honestly don't know how I would have done this like 15 years ago or 10 years ago. I don't know how I would have done it. Like it just, I don't, yeah, I can't even imagine. But so like all those young moms and I, I, I really felt for the teachers too, who had kids at home who were trying to teach yeah. virtually and then have their own kids doing all. Anyway, it was a gong show, but it did. I think there were a lot of lessons that came out of it. And I think it really made women say, hold on, what kind of life do I want to have? And, yeah. and that's why we see that, like you say, the pivot or all this, all of a sudden those side hustles started coming out. Right. right. No. And it's true. I, I love the idea of the she recovery because I do agree that also but we are still the first to sort of take the financial hit. We are still the first to sort of bow out of the career, right? And so many of my mom, our fans, followers, and listeners here today really sort of skew sort of to that millennial mom who, who were, I mean, really very hyper-focused on career, were really high achievers who sort of worked really hard. And they were the ones burning the midnight oil on the backs of b- businesses building and then entered motherhood and all of it stopped, right? Yeah. And for the first time in their life, Julie, I find a lot of moms who are perfectionists or really good at stuff, sort yeah. of, I'm going to say air quote, failing at motherhood because it's not easy and it right. doesn't come with a manual. And of course, women are experiencing mamahood for the first time and it's fucked, right? Like it's not- It really is. And I think, you know, I think it's especially hard. I've seen this particularly with my friends who had their first babies after a very successful career. And also when they're a little bit older, yes. they've spent maybe 40 years kind of like being in control and managing. And then they have this baby and you've got this new boss and it's yes. in control. It's like a little pint-sized dictator. And it does feel overwhelming because suddenly- you know, you're not in control anymore. This little seven pound thing is, and you feel overwhelmed and helpless really. Cause it's, it's just, it's a new, 
it's a new thing to experience that you've never experienced. And it, especially for perfectionists or they like things to be a certain way that that's really tough. If you like structure, you know, it can be, it can be really tough when that, when that change happens. And now a word from our mom, Halo podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. And with 20 years of experience in the childcare space comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are, far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee that applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one eight six six my kidco to register for this offer. You won't regret it. Still dealing with leaky diapers? It's time to try Rascal and Friends. Designed with you and your little one in mind, Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers ticks all the boxes. Affordable, safe on sensitive skin, deliciously soft and super absorbent. Plus, their unique design provides up to 12 hours of leak production to keep your baby comfy and dry day and night. Join the thousands of parents making the switch and say goodbye to leaks. Shop Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers, Training Pants, and Sensitive Wipes at Walmart today. Yeah, absolutely. And I find for a lot of moms I'm meeting now, Julie, it's funny. We just did an event recently um, in March of 2022. Is the first event we've done since March of 2020. And watching all these moms show up who are really first time moms with baby in tow coming to a live event and the COVID mom, they say COVID kids are different, like people who've had kids, but it's the COVID moms who are so different. I mean, these women's experiences with motherhood are so grossly different than any other, I want to say like generational moment in time. Yeah. You know, for sure. That cohort. I mean, I can't imagine what I, when I had babies, I mean, I was at the park every day. I was visiting my mom. I was at play groups. I was like, I was out and about. I mean, I think fortunately for that cohort of moms who were having babies through, fortunately they had the internet. Like, can you imagine if they couldn't get on their Facebook groups or with their chats or have their zooms with their girlfriends when the kids went to bed or because I mean, how isolating would that be if, um, if there was no internet and, you know, I always say your network is your net worth and you need your networks no matter what, whether it's around motherhood, whether it's around business, um, work colleagues, mentors, uh, you really need that. And I, I really did feel for the, for those moms. And also, you know, we're all nervous. We have babies because we're nervous about their health and they're having these babies during a, you know, a, a global pandemic. Like that's got to mess with your head. It did for me. I mean, my, my youngest yeah. was born in the pandemic yeah. and what was crazy to me, my husband and I were talking cause I was pregnant before the pandemic. So I sort of went into the pandemic four and a half months pregnant And I kept like every month being like, it's got to be over soon because I didn't agree to have children in this world. Like, this is not the the world that I agreed to bring children into. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up. I did not sign up for that. I went into motherhood with like Sunday playgroups and grandparents and social networks. So that all being taken away for me was a, a huge 
new, um, a new, new, right? For well, some- you built a business around community, dude. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> and that, this that stuff's important to you. Oh my God. It was, it was really, really, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So let's talk like a mother. I love that title. Where did that title come from for the book? Cause I love You know it. what? It was, uh, you know, cause it's got a subtitle too in the subtitles birthing, um, ba- uh, businesses and babies and, um, and, and, and it really, and, and I talk about labels too, and kind of like leaving the label, like leave the labeling to us, because I think, you know, the book is a lot about too, how moms wear so many labels and all the different hats and all the different roles that we, that we play. Right. So, you know, talk a lot uh, about that throughout the book. And, uh, and I touch on a bunch of things like being an autism mom and, and, uh, and, you know, obviously that managing the mother load and tips and tricks from a mom of six and all that stuff just integrates throughout. I love that so much. Um, talk to me about that autism journey. I'm very curious about how, if you don't mind talking about it. Tell no, us about, not at all. Tell us about, tell us about when that happened, what that looked like. For yeah. You. Because you're, you're yeah, so really autism. Like he's not, he's a little bit older, right? So he's been through he's it. He's 22. Wow. Okay. So that's, he's that's 22. a long time ago that that's an early yeah. autistic um, uh-huh. you know, discovery. Tell us a bit that about that journey, journey, journey. Yeah. So it was, uh, he was three years, three months and um, it was, uh, it was tough. I mean, I think anyone who out there, you know, if you have a child who's, uh, not neurotypical or is neurodiverse, you know, you're, you're afraid you just want life to be easy for them. And then you also have expectations about your parenting journey and, and that might change as well. And so, you know, you go through all of that, um, for Mac, you know, my sister joked that I'd probably had like a half minute of denial, um, a day of like mourning or grieving what I thought. And then, uh, and then I went right to, okay, now what, let's get going here. Let's go. So, we did set up really, you know, extensive program. We did a lot of really intervention and, uh, you know, I got to say as Maples Labels has grown and developed and, and experienced a lot of success. So has my son, the reason kind of behind it. So he is now 22 and he's in the fourth year university at the university of Guelph. He's got his driver's license. He has done aid work in Africa. He's got a black belt. He's a lifeguard. He, you know, he's living with a bunch of friends, uh, next year from high school. They all just signed a lease for a house. Um, so, you know, he's, uh, he's done really well. <laughs> I often joke that uh, that on my deathbed, I'll say he's my life's greatest achievement, and the other five are okay too. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's tremendous. I mean, let's just pause to say, like, that is a tremendous feat for you yeah. as somebody who is who's gone through that. And I mean, for so many of our moms who are sort of getting that they're three years old are getting those diagnoses right now. They yeah. can't when they think about the extreme future. Yeah. They can only hear and think about limitations. And hearing you just rattle off your son's little resume yep. there. It's remarkable, Julie. That's a testament yeah. to you, man. Congrats. Yeah. And well, it's a couple of things. It's honestly, it, it took a village. Everybody in my family was trained in his kind of therapy. They all knew it was on his program. Um, he wasn't allowed, like, yeah, he was, we went pretty hard on the little guy. Um, a lot of early intervention, like I said, and you know, they, they, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of hope to be had. Um, but it, to the mamas out there with, with little ones, yeah, just the early intervention. And this was another thing that made me really worried through the, um, through the pandemic. Like if my, if my Mac had been that age and, and the pandemic shut things down, I would have lost my mind with all the early intervention we were missing out on. If he was three to five during the pandemic and I had no access to interventions and therapists, uh, for him during that time, I would have lost my mind. So I know that was really hard for parents. 
And I think honestly, Julie, what I love about this particular piece of the conversation, my own son has lots of differences. My third child, Henry, who is now 20 months old, and we just actually did the autism um, 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 assessment. Went through the psych ed. Yeah. Went into the psych ed because 87% of his rare genetic disorder present with autism around this. Really? Yeah. So I was was looking for it and I saw some pretty early signs, head banging, arm flapping, that sort of thing. Mm And we went to the assessment and she came back and said, I, I actually don't see him on the spectrum at all. Right. Like far from it. And it was such a weird mix of sort of feeling guilty that he mm-hmm. wasn't on the spectrum, but also like elated that he wasn't on the spectrum. And at the same time, a member of our mom community, we had an event that night virtually and she shared with the community that her son is, is autistic and on the spectrum and all the things she's going through right now. Um, so for me, when it comes to autism, I have a very soft spot for it but also to also recognize from you saying very publicly that this is your son's journey I think is actually quite inspirational because many parenting folk feel like it's almost not shameful but it's not something that they can like sort of celebrate those differences or they feel like this is somehow a life sentence and here you are saying saying very publicly like my my with his boys and his university and when yeah like it's 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 you're right. You're riddling them off, but let's just stop and yeah. appreciate how remarkable that is. Yeah. And it's, you know what, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for the, the family, for the parents, for the siblings and for the kid. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's obviously just so worth it. And I'm not saying it goes away. I mean, he still drives me crazy with his like executive functioning skills. And I have him, he works with an executive executive functioning coach. They zoom once a week because, you know, his organization and like preparing for an essay, like, oh my gosh, it drives me nuts. So, uh, you know, we just, there's still stuff to be worked on. It's always, but that's like all of our kids, right? We don't, we don't have a crystal ball and we don't get to, you know, we just get what we get. <laughs> it's like, you know, we just say to our kids, when they want to, you know, the red cup, you get what you get. You don't get upset. It's kind of yeah. like that with kids too. <laughs> right. I love that so much. And tell me, when you're tell me about this because I I see a dynamic between my kiddos and I wonder perhaps how your son Mac has maybe informed your kiddos and that whole dynamic and having a big family has his sort of um, difference his special needs his autism you think shaped the identity of your other kiddos so interestingly I I do think that having a big family was extremely um, helpful. Uh, for Mac. Uh, He was surrounded socially. He had these three, um, like three little sisters. Well, actually uh, one's non-binary, but um, these three younger siblings uh, by the time he was five and he was, they dragged him into imaginative imaginative play. They sat at the table with him. They were in the bath with him. They were sharing rooms with him. They were, so he was, um, you know, he couldn't really retreat into his own little world at all because they were always pulling him in. And also it was really great role modeling socially for him. Right. Um, and I, I definitely feel like I was a better parent to my neurotypical kids because of what I learned, um, through having Mac and, and some of the strategies and they applied very successfully to neurotypical kids as well. So it's been, um, it's definitely been a gift having him, having all these siblings who really look out for him and keep him cool and, uh, and always know that they're, they're keeping an eye on him. And yeah, it's been, it's been, I I love siblings. I love the sibling dynamics. I love, I love watching my kids together. And that was another funny thing about the pandemic, right? Like 
I have a bunch of friends who have singletons. They're like, oh my gosh, my kid hasn't seen another child in like a year. And for me, it was, I had, I think four kids at home or maybe three or four kids at home. And then the university kids got sent home because residents got closed. So right. suddenly all six of them are home. And again, I was like, oh, this is all coming together quite nicely. <laughs> this is my time to shine because they're all in the pool together. They're doing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign together. Posey was home from university and would sit with Finn because he needed somebody he's a little funny learner. So he needed somebody right beside him in that first round of, of remote learning. He got more and more independent each round, third round, he just did it himself. But that first round was tough and Posey would just sit beside him and keep him on track. And so it was, um, we really enjoyed it. And it was so funny because, you know, we'd go out on hike together as a family and we'd get these really weird looks. And I was constantly saying, they're all mine (laughs) because people would give us these judgy stares. Like you've got all these, kids hanging out together who aren't in the same family and right. like, look at their faces. You can kind of tell actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, I did hear, and I did, you know, I was, I was on TikTok a lot during the early parts of the pandemic, like a, like an unquestionable amount of time. And what you did see is sort of adult teenage kiddos at home with their parents, like yeah. having dinner together and having to talk to each other and having to break bread and having to create fun content together. And like, that was to me what I saw for parents of kids who are teens and above is like those special. Oh, we got a gift. We got a little, we got a little gift. And you know what? I, 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 I am somewhat, Oh, I think I'm losing my, there we are. That was a gift in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it's not actually natural for that, that cohort, uh, that age to be with their parents that much. That is a time that they should be going out and, and relying on their friends more and hiding things from their parents and experimenting and, and getting adventurous and learning boundaries and learning, you know, practicing problem solving and all that stuff. And they were denied that. Um, so, you know, while it was nice in a lot of ways for families, I, I'll be interested to see how that impacts them, um, long-term. And I, I felt especially sad for the cohort that was born in 2002. I had one of those who, you know, didn't get their last hockey season in. um, it got cut like two months early. They didn't have a prom. They went off to university and ate alone in residence every night because they could only get their food and couldn't be in the cafeteria. And then and then they sat in their residence room and did all their classes online. Um, so I, I felt really bad for that cohort. And that was just such a, I, I just, you know, that was not the university experience I was hoping for my children. Yeah, I, I hear that. And I, I actually, my babysitter who's 15, she's a 15 year old girl. Um, she at school and her memories, she's in the 10th grade and she talks about because her most fondest memories was her eighth grade experience. Right. In 10th grade. Like I definitely wasn't thinking, even thinking, even thinking, right? So yeah. it is, and we'll see how it definitely, definitely does um, this time and space and how it may be our identities or, you know, sort of being like kids and, 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 and what comes from that. So I find that fascinating. Please tell us what you're excited for next. What else is happening for you? What, 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 like it could be anything socially, yeah. economically. So yeah, I'm coming up to like a little bit of a busy time and I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around it. I am excited, but so this book coming out, I'm on last edits. Um, and then like all the PR around that and all the fun and craziness. I'm also emceeing an event for a local women's shelter, which is going to be fabulous. It's, um, it's a, it's a fashion fundraiser. So I'm emceeing that. So that'll be great. I'm also the community, um, leader for uh, a, a, um, a maternal health 
uh, fundraising campaign through St. Joe's Hospital in Hamilton. So that's actually the same day as the Halt Women's Place one. I'm heading off to LA to speak at Mom 2.0. I'm heading off to Calgary to speak at the Wine Women and Wellness Conference. So things are, these are going to be the first times I was, I've been on a plane since the pandemic. So I'm going to have to like dust off my passport. Yeah. So I'm excited to start, you know, maybe feeling a little bit more normal again. So that's what's on my horizon. I think everybody is just sort of feeling that right now. Like there's, there's a little bit of hope, you know? Yeah. I'm also with you there. It's, it's a really weird crossroads. I think for plenty of folk right now, especially Canadians, Ontarians sort of feeling this sort of, um, I don't know, spring awakening, if you will, where like uh, the rosebuds are sort of coming into season right now and people are getting on planes and people are gathering and all those things that almost feel like they were socially irresponsible now feel like they are permitted. So, um, I mean, I hope, I mean, you're inspiring, just like bucket loads of inspiration pour out of you. But I think, you know, I let this be a lesson to all of us right now to sort of, you know, get on the plane and speak at the conference and go to the conference and let's just, let's do this. I mean, how, how much more can we, can we not participate in, in life as it presents, right? So um, I love that so much. Julie, we're coming to the top of our time here together. If there's one piece of advice you want people to hear right now, if they hear nothing else to our mom friends, followers, listeners, and those who are not mom folk, but perhaps just Mm -hmm. birthing folk or or caregivers of any nature, what what do you want people to hear um, as their biggest takeaway from our conversation today? Um, oh gosh, I really do have so many. I think a few things. Um, one I would say is if you are thinking about turning that side hustle into a business, um, make sure that your entire family's on board. Make sure if you have a spouse that they know what that looks like. Um, it means, you know, kids maybe go to bed and then you don't sit around and watch, you know, uh, reality TV and have a glass of wine. You're, you know, in the basement making labels till 2am. It's really not that glamorous. And I think people too have a tendency to romanticize entrepreneurship and and it looks a lot like making labels in a basement for a long time. So just really understand what you're getting into and connect with people like you and communities. And like I said earlier, your network is your net worth, right? And unfortunately, women are, are good at that. We're good at um, connecting. So really... Um, and, and put yourself out there. I know it's hard. Women are notoriously bad at self-promotion. Um, but, you know, if you even just go to one networking event a month, set yourself a little goal to get yourself out there, get somebody else to write your bio because you're never going to do injustice yourself. And you know what? Just don't hold yourself to some weird standard that society, this is your journey. Own it. You know, having it all is having what you want. And that looks different to each of us. So just don't let society or your mother or whoever project um, what there are ideas of what your life should look like. It's, this is your, this is yours. You own it, mama. Oh God, Julie, I needed to hear that today. God, God bless you. Honestly, I'm having one of those entrepreneurial months right now where I'm like, I feel like I'm this, I'm like starting and stopping and starting. Yeah, and stopping. We all have those. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Julie, if people want to find you, can you drop your coordinates socially and otherwise so people can get the Julie Co. goodness? Go for it. For sure. So if you want to get directly to me at the Mabel's Labels website, it's mabelslabels.com slash Julie Cole. And of course, I'm on Insta at Julie Cole Inc. And we're at Mabel's Labels. And we're, I mean, we're on all the places, right? So please, yeah, I'd love for everybody to connect. And uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I, now I'm kind of interested in hearing about Mom Halo Camp because now that we're getting out there, you know, it's fun to do things. And that as soon as we end this call, I'll be 
trying to drag Julie to camp. That's oh, I would love to. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you so much luck as the world reopens for you and the world literally is your oyster and you are going to build the most beautiful pearl necklace bracelet, earrings, tight tiaras, <laughs> with all the things that come your way. And you're such an inspiration to all of us. Moms, um, you know, mo- moms and entrepreneurs, you know, sort of that intersection. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for your time today, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Bye everybody. Take care. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new Sick Kids, designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.